All right, everyone, here we go with another amazing episode of Outside the Studio. I'm really excited to have Brooke Holland on the show today. She is very passionate about nutrition, about health, about wellness, and she's going to talk to us about her journey on this path to personal health and wellness and how she's hoping to share it out through the world. So welcome, Brooke. I would love to have us start off by you just telling us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to, to share what I am passionate and excited about. And yeah, I, I've always kind of been intrigued by health and wellness and was a pretty healthy kid and really hyper aware of my body. Um, I ended up going into or going to college to study nutrition. And so I graduated with my bachelor's degree in nutrition and uh, realized that what I was learning throughout my schooling was not exactly in alignment with what I was hoping to learn, um, which was more as my interest was more in food as the medicine and my education, as much as I'm super grateful for it and do not regret anything, um, was more, yeah, like clinically based. I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do. And yeah, instead of being the one to continue on with the education route, I actually left <laughs> and was like, I'm going to go to India. And I went to India on a spiritual journey. Actually, I did my yoga teacher training out there and I was exposed to a whole other way of living, connection to a spirit in a different way, Ayurvedic eating and that whole, yeah, it was a whole new world. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I continued on my exploration of health and wellness in so many ways other than just nutrition, you know, like you said, or we know that it's all holistic in nature. So it's just beyond, beyond what we're putting in our bodies as well. But a huge thing for me too, was that I have been on my own personal healing journey. Um, I struggled with a lot of gut discomfort and nobody could tell me what was going on. I went to multiple Western medicine doctors, had ultrasounds, like had so many things. And I even worked for a doctor at the time (laughs) and no one could tell me what was going on in my body until a chiropractor was able to give me a little bit more guidance And so truly it's been my own healing journey through nutrition, through the right water, proper hydration. And then this whole journey has just expanded and I have been tapping into so many more modalities of healing that has really taken my life and my health to the next level. And I have to say that I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my entire life. And I feel that it's only going to get better. So yeah, here I am now. (laughs) It's great that you get to experience that at such a young age and then you get to live your life feeling good. Like, you know, the best is yet to come and, and now you're feeling really good in your body and you get to share it with other people and hopefully help people come to that realization sooner rather than later. Cause Life is short, man. Gosh, you just never know. So I mean, anything this past year has taught us, me in particular, is you never know when it's your time. So I appreciate that you're here, that you have this platform. 
I love the name Sunbeam Wellness, right? Is the name of your website, your organization, your platform, what it is you're sharing and teaching. Um, and gosh, I have so many questions, but I think I want to kind of, I want to touch on something you mentioned, which is when you were first out of college working in the hospitals at, uh, from the clinical side of nutrition, um, seeing patients, I'm curious about what that was like for you from a dietitian or a nutritionist. What, what was technically the term? Is it a dietitian or a nutritionist and what are the differences? Yeah. So, I mean, technically I'm a nutritionist by um, graduating with my undergrad and then the route that I was on was to, so after that you would go on to complete a dietetic internship to then become a dietitian. And so, yeah, my job at the hospital, I was, I was working there while still um, studying and I was an aide, like an assistant to the dietitian. Mm -hmm. So I was not a dietitian, but I was there helping deliver the meals to the patients, taking the patient's orders for the meals, making sure that they were getting the correct, the correct meal that they needed, whether that was a cardiac, a diabetic or liquid diet, like everyone had their own needs. So I needed to pay special attention to the patients and make sure that they were receiving the correct meal for their own condition and yeah, putting the meals together. And so that was kind of my job. And it was interesting to me. I mean, first of all, working in a hospital was not the most pleasant place to be, you know, it wasn't <laughs> as you may be able to imagine that. Um, and I didn't feel that the work was being really valued. That was something big for me that I didn't feel because I was looking at the food. I was looking at what we we're serving them. There was only certain things that we could serve them. And really from a health standpoint, the only difference is that a cardiac diet person was getting versus a diabetic diet was that the cardiac diet didn't have the salt packet on their tray or the diabetic, the diabetic diet just had a sugar-free option, but they still received dessert. And the liquid diets, like it was just... Yeah, the hospital food, first of all, was just not on point. And, uh, and then, yeah, I really just saw that I wanted to help people that wanted to be helped. And these people were in the hospital for some of them and it was already too late or they just didn't even care about their diet. They didn't see that this was really affecting them or could have been a reason that they're in the hospital. And truly the patients were probably just you know, that was not their main priority while being in there. And so, so yeah, it was hard for me to, to understand how I could truly make an impact in that environment. Mm, yeah. Cause it doesn't sound like there's a lot of education in this scenario around how, what you put in your body affects the outcome of how you feel and whatever particular reason you're in the hospital for. Right. And, and the dietitian only gets so much time with each patient, right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then until they're released or. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ah, so that, so you were working there and then you were like, um, this is not working for me. I'm, I'm going to India. 
How did that, like, what, what, how did you make that jump to go to India? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always had a desire, like a calling. I was practicing yoga throughout college as well. And, and something about me was just like, yeah, if I'm going to do something, like I want to go to the motherland, like to the place where the practice was born. Um, but yeah, I took some time after college and went home and, you know, lived with my family for a little bit and just had this calling. Like I knew I needed to go. And, and honestly, and I'm sure, you know, as someone that is a yoga teacher, it was actually a lot um, cheaper to do it in India than to do it in the United States, including the flight and everything. And, and so I was like, yeah, let's go. It makes sense. And I'm ready for a whole new experience. And, I just said yes and let let it flow and got to live and experience life in an ashram mm. with a guru and yeah it was very eye-opening and beautiful wow that's really cool I didn't actually know that yoga teacher training is much less expensive in India <laughs> so <laughs> maybe yeah. I need to do another one yes Six teacher training <laughs> So I'm curious about what that format looks like. I know from a, how do I want to say this? <laughs> I'm like, from a commercialized Western point of view of yoga, I know what a teacher training looks like. And I'm being a little bit sarcastic in that. Like I, I my teacher stays so close to the roots of her teacher and the tradition of yoga that I feel it's very sacred. I feel it's very time honored and it's probably the best you know, I don't regret any of it. I love it and I appreciate it. And, um, and of course I'm living it and teaching it and breathing it on a day-to-day basis. But I think there's something to be said for, like you said, going to the motherland and experiencing it, it yoga directly from the source of its creation of its birth. And I want to, I want to, you know, barring like my ability to step inside your body and live your memories. I want to understand what that looked like and how it felt and the, you know, the specifics of, of what a day-to-day life in the ashram looks like and how long were you there? That's totally. Questions, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, gosh, if I could relive it, it would be great. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it was, I was there. I studied for a month in the ashram. So it was like a 30 day program for me to receive my yoga teacher training certificate. And it was very traditional yoga. Um, you know, I came in with this idea and this excitement about asana. And I feel like there is a, as a big focus on asana, the physical practice in the Western world, you know, when people hear yoga, that's what they think of. Mm-hmm. So this was really like taught me to slow down and also expand my awareness that like yoga is, is a state of being, you know, it's a lifestyle and that's what we did. We lived the lifestyle fully. So we would get up super early in the morning and gosh, if I can remember, do we go and we would meditate in the morning or do chanting or mantra chanting and then we have like karma yogi every single day so we would all have a task and be delegated to help clean the ashram or cook or you know whatever it may be to help around the house (laughs) I guess you could say um 
and then we would have classes as well. So a couple of days, a couple of times a week, we would have class where we would sit in and have the teachers teach us on a different topic. Um, so whether that was about anatomy and physiology, if it was about the importance of mantras, um, if it was about pranayama, like whatever it may be, you know, we touched on all the different topics. And then mm-hmm. twice a day, we would have asana as well but it was very different it was it was hatha very (laughs) more static movements than dynamic Mm -hmm. which I was not used to either so it was like slow down like Mm. it was just a big reminder to slow down and yeah just taught me the importance of holding the postures for longer which is a totally different you know, style than vinyasa would be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we would have meals together. We would eat in silence. We had days of silence, which was not an easy task (laughs) at all. And then we would have havan ceremony every night, which we would come together and have our little fire ceremony with the guru. And we would all chant our mantra 108 times every single night and then we would have dinner and then sometimes after dinner we would come together and have um, sing songs and or have a talk a discussion and then we would go to our rooms and yeah it was all it was very packed in with so many different things and aspects of the yogic lifestyle and mm. yeah wow what a cool experience um oh gosh I'm just like if I could just transport myself there and be in your shoes for a moment that sounds um it sounds like a very challenging thing to experience and also humbling and um so rewarding so peaceful so grounding so how many people were in a teacher training with you was it really a big group do you remember um I think it was only like 20 something people I think it was supposed to be maybe 30 but it wasn't quite so and then there was also an Ayurveda course going on at the same time okay is that um, how you learned about Ayurveda no I actually knew about Ayurveda because my hometown in Nevada City in California we have the college of Ayurveda there and oh. so one of my friends her sister was in it and I and I had a dear sister too who was actually studying Ayurveda at the time so I kind of already been exposed to that before. Mm -hmm. So for those listeners that are not sure what Ayurveda is, what would, how would you describe it? I mean, it's not my (laughs) field of expertise, but it is one of the longest standing, like an ancient medicine system from ancient India, and they're still practicing that medical system today. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's um, yoga and Ayurveda, you know, they are like sister, kind of sister, I don't know what the, what the word would be, but um, yeah, yeah they come. Sister sciences. There we go. <laughs> you know, the science of um, life, I believe is the literal translation of the Sanskrit word Ayurveda, right? Veda means knowledge or to study Ayurveda or Ayur, I think is to learn. Learn? Maybe I have it backwards. Maybe I have it backwards. Um, 
back cats um, out of the bag. I'm slightly dyslexic. <laughs> we get, we, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And that's, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've studied Ayurveda a little bit, but that's exactly how I would describe it too. And, um, and they just go hand in hand. So I think that's awesome that you, you had the opportunity to study both of those things. So you were there for 30 days, you got your yoga teacher training. Um, and then you, did you immediately come back to the United States? No, I traveled a little bit around Asia. I uh, was then in Nepal for a little bit and then Thailand. And then I was quickly running out of money. <laughs> and uh, that's when I needed to come back home <laughs> after, yeah, I think a couple months. So gotcha. What a cool experience. And so then is that when you came over to Portland? Because you grew up in, did you, you said California, your hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then I moved back home after my travels and then I was living with the fam and you know how that is. <laughs> and <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I just, I knew I was moving. I knew I needed to get to Portland and I just was like, yeah, I'm going to go. So I worked for a couple months and then in the fall of 2018, I moved to Portland and just packed up my car and had a place to live. And then, yeah, was just kind of letting the universe guide me because I had no idea. (laughs) Well, something about Portland drew you. Do you remember what it was? Well, yes, actually, I I used to live in Portland when I was really young, like until I was four. So I'd been there before and I had visited before when I was older and I just loved the energy of the city. And I also was interested in attending the naturopathic school up here. So, yeah. So I had intentions to maybe continue my education and yeah, continue on the health and wellness path in that way. Cool. Well, and that's how I met you because I think right away you must've started working at root whole body, which is where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately knew that I was like, this chick is cool. I got to get to know her. <laughs> so that was a blessing. And here we are chatting on the podcast. Um, and then the pandemic happened and the world kind of shut down. And so now you are continuing to develop sunbeam wellness. Can you tell me um, about that, about the work you're doing with sunbeam? And um, I think you call human, your, your human optimization, human optimizer mission. Can you explain that to me? (laughs) Yes. So it's been quite a journey and all these things have happened just very quickly um, since COVID and everything, but yeah. So The first thing was one of the protocols of the human optimization mission that has been recently birthed and is still in its infancy. But the water that I started drinking, yeah, about a year and a half ago, which is electrolyzed reduced water, this water totally had helped me with my whole gut healing journey. Mm-hmm. and uh, connected me to community and we're all about empowerment and health and yeah just led me down a whole rabbit hole and felt this calling to uh, to share this water and because I had witnessed it 
in my own healing and knew the power of this molecular hydrogen, which is a potent antioxidant that is that fights free radicals in our bodies is really good for inflammation. It's really good for our gut health. And yeah, hydrogen is the first element on the periodic table and really is what birthed everything. And so this water just led me down the watering hole of the importance of hydration. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this book, your body's many cries for water and learned that most people, I mean, you could probably say almost everyone here in America, at least, is chronically dehydrated. Mm. And uh, yeah, we need so, to drink more water. <laughs> yeah. So I have, okay. So I have several questions about that because, so I am someone who walks around with my, I'm holding up my hydro flask, which I believe this one is, um, I don't know, like probably 40 ounces or so. And I drink probably like three to four of those a day. I still feel dehydrated. My skin is dry. I'm always peeing. Sorry, TMI, but it's true. <laughs> like all night long. Um, and I know I'm not alone in this. I, what, what I find interesting, I had this experience. Um, so I led a retreat in, in Mexico last week. The whole week I felt moist, like <laughs> I feel like that's such a trigger word for so many people. So I'm sorry if you're out there and you're like cringing right now because I said moist, but get over it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the the ocean, the salt. I just felt like I'm hydrated. What's, I don't know what the problem is. And then as soon as I get on the plane, instantly everything dries out. My skin is dry. I can't get enough water. Um, and here I am at home reacclimating to the Pacific Northwest. What in the heck is going on? Do I need to drink Congan? It's Congan water, right? That yeah, that's the specific. Mm-hmm, that's a, it's a company called Anagic, and they've been specializing in these machines for over 40 years. So yeah, it's a process of electrolysis. So this water is essentially recreating natural bodies of water. Um, so in its essence, it is charged. It has a negative oxidation reduction potential, which is the antioxidant potential that it has. So the more negative it is, the more antioxidizing it's going to be in the body, the more positive, the more oxidizing. And as we know, oxidizing or when we are highly oxidized, that is going to cause damage in our body and cause inflammation. And, uh, And yeah, so the way that this water is also structured is that it's more compatible with our, our cells. And so the water, if we're, if you're drinking tap water and unfortunately tap water is not super safe. We have so much toxins that are leaching into our water supply. And luckily, I mean, Portland and Oregon is, is definitely on the, on the better end of the water quality um, as far as the United States goes. So we're blessed with that, but you can look up on the EWG. You can type in your zip code to find out what contaminants are in your water. But what's happening too is not only our, our water is contaminated, filled with toxins and pharmaceuticals and all the things, is that the way that the piping goes is actually causing the water to not be in its 
its natural flow Mm. and harmony. So it's coming out of the faucet being dead. Mm. So the water is lifeless. So if we're drinking lifeless water, like how do you think that's going to, you know, act in our bodies? So basically this machine is bringing life back into the water as well and allowing it to be more compatible with our cells and our biology. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, okay. So there's all this research and work around pH, like the pH of your water and uh, alkaline, alkalizing the system with water. Is, does Kangen water address that? Yeah, so I'd love to speak on this whole alkaline thing because <laughs> that was <laughs> that's been something that yeah was brought to my awareness too as I went down this watering hole. Mm-hmm. Is that alkaline is different than alkalized? Mm-hmm. So something can be alkaline in nature, like or let's just say let's just say let's give an example. So you see the water bottles at the store, right. That are marketed to you as alkaline water. Yeah. Great. You can go home and you can test that. And that indeed is a 9.5 that's alkaline. However, take a look at the back of that bottle and tell me if you read any ingredients that are anything other than water, you're going to get other ingredients such as baking soda or other ingredients that are going to create alkalinity within that water. So that water is actually is alkaline due to additives. Mm. Okay. So uh, that's not naturally alkaline and that's actually going to be more detrimental on your body because mm. now you're going to be drinking baking soda <laughs> and all these other things that you probably shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the difference with this is that it is creating a high pH due to the electrolysis and due to the molecular hydrogen in the water. And so it's not chemically altered. It is altered from the process of the electricity running through it. Mm-hmm. And so energetically it's different in that way. And so you can test it and you will test the water with the ORP meter, which is the oxidative reduction potential. And if you test your bottled water, it'll probably be either positive or around zero. But if you test the the Kangen water that's been run through the machine, it's going to test negative, which is going to be the antioxidizing potential. So really the alkaline thing is kind of a myth. Mm -hmm. So like the alkalinity of that is, it doesn't really matter. It's just due to yeah, making it more alkaline by adding chemicals is not going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. But because of this process that it goes through and the other things that are happening and due to the molecular hydrogen, that is really where the magic is, is in the molecular hydrogen. That's the benefit of this water. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If that makes sense. It does to me. I've studied it. You know, I've done some research. We actually have a, I'm not sure if you've heard of reverse osmosis water. We have a filter in our house with that and also a water softener. Okay. Um, so, and I'm not sure how that relates to Kangen water and, and the whole electric process of that, if it does at all, or if they're totally separate systems that aren't related. I don't really know. I'm not sure that I understand the reverse osmosis. I just know that it's like a filter 
So don't drink, drink tap water. I drink the reverse osmosis water. Do you know anything about that? I, yeah, I do. <laughs> so, so the reverse osmosis water is, is actually not, it's not bad. However, it is, it is literally taking all of the impurities out of the water, mm-hmm. which is great because you're having clean, nice, pure water, right? You know, you're not taking in any of that crap that's in our water. However, it is stripping it of important like minerals that your body needs. Mm -hmm. And so my suggestion to people that do use reverse osmosis machines would to be to make sure that you're adding minerals back into your water, because if you're drinking completely purified water in that way, it's going to start leaching the minerals from your tissues and your bones. Mm. Okay. So, so what kind of minerals should I be adding back in and how? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of companies out there that provide the minerals. I mean, I am specifically using, I mean, I even add minerals to my water as mm-hmm. well. Um, just because yeah, it's good for the body. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, magnesium, I mean, I mean, what kind of minerals are you adding? I'm using, I mean, it's from a specific company that I am also partnered up with for all of my health and nutrition, uh, superfoods that I get, but we call it ionic minerals or ionic elements. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. I need to check what all that's comprised of, but I just know it's a trusted source and uh, that's where I get all of my nutritional needs. So, um, yeah, I haven't, that's, that's what I use. I don't know what else I yeah, can offer in that, in that department, just cause that wasn't really a huge concern for me because the Kongan machine does leave. It doesn't strip your minerals out of your water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a good friend who has a Kongan machine in his house. And every time I go over there, he's like, Tessa, bring a huge jug of, of whatever, a huge vessel and we'll fill it up with the Kongan water. So maybe I'll just go hang out at his house more often. <laughs> yeah. You can feel it. I mean, you can uh-huh. definitely, you can feel it for sure. I totally notice a difference. I think it's really interesting. It always it's like taking a shower from the inside out, just like yoga is for me. I feel like a new person from the inside out. I can feel it in my gut. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing about the machine too, or just having something is to remind you to drink more water, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think that was just in itself. I was dehydrated already and just not drinking enough water. So Mm -hmm. yes, this does have, you know, properties that are going to help expedite my healing. However, I was actually hydrating my body every single day because I would look at the machine and be like, Oh yeah, I need to go fill up my cup of water. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. And those things are not cheap. So imagine if you spent money on one, you want to get your money's worth and it would behoove <laughs> you to use it daily. <laughs> right. Yes, that is, that is true. Yeah. I call her my water daughter. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely an investment. Um, <laughs> So I know you're also, you know, we've been talking about water, but I know you're also really passionate about um, food supply and the toxicity in our environment. And just like this whole thread of the importance of taking care of ourselves and protecting ourselves. What else, what, what specifically would you say on that topic? Yeah. So especially if you're living in the United States, we are bombarded 
with chemicals and toxins and in our food supply and our water supply and our air like we can't really escape it unfortunately and we have to take radical responsibility for our own vessels and our own healing and to be able to protect ourselves from all of this that's coming at us in so many ways so yeah. So the best thing I like to, I like to say when you're green on the inside, you're clean on the inside. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, so yeah. And another huge, big problem in our food supply is a toxic chemical called glyphosate. Do you know about glyphosate? I've heard the word, but I'm not sure what it means. So please do enlighten me, please. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a big one that I am really wanting to bring awareness to because it's in the it's in the weed killer Roundup. I'm mm. sure you've heard of Roundup yes. and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Roundup is sprayed on everything. If you are not eating organic food, you're going to be in trouble because this is a toxin that is carcinogenic. It's a known carcinogen, yet it is still legal in our country. Fancy that. And so uh, it's killing, it's killing our gut microbiomes. Mm -hmm. And as we know, or maybe not everyone knows, but our gut is, is responsible for about 80% of our immune function. And it is also known as our second brain. And so me, I mean, I went through my whole gut healing journey and that was devastating. And I know so many people are struggling with gut health and, and that's such a big topic is gut health, gut health, gut health. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but people don't know what to do. You know, it's a big trial and error. Mm -hmm. So there is a product that I've been using and that is clinically proven to remove glyphosate from the body not only does it remove it from the body, it lowers your C-reactive protein, which is um, an inflammatory marker. So it brings that down. And then it is also repairing the gut as well. So not only are you detoxing this harmful toxin, but your microvilli and gut lining is being repaired in the process. So that will help you to... Uh, to uptake the nutrients and actually digest and receive all of the nutrition that you're getting from what you are putting into your body. Mm -hmm. So not only should you just eat, try to eat organic if at all possible. And I understand that, you know, organic food, it, yes, it's a hot topic. And for some people it's a sensitive issue because we may or may not be able to afford it, right? Like it tends to be a little bit more expensive. So when and if possible, absolutely eat organic foods, because the idea is, I mean, at least from what you're saying right now, I know there's a lot of health benefits to eating organic, but so traditional crops, food crops are being sprayed with Roundup. That, mm -hmm. that chemical, say it again. <laughs> Glyphosate. I know that's the hardest part about it is no one, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to say, it's hard to remember. It's a long long word, um, is being sprayed on our food crops to, I mean, obviously it's a pesticide, right? So pests, mm -hmm. don't, so pests don't eat the crop. And so is there any foods, you know, have you heard the dirty dozen? Like there's some foods that you just absolutely, 
I'm, if I think off the top of my head, I think it's like apples, celery, things that have a softer skin. It's easier for the, the pesticide. I'm just going to call it a pesticide glyphosate to get uh-huh. through that skin. <laughs> and you're eating the skin typically, right? Like a cucumber or, I mean, some people peel them, but things of that nature. If you stay away from those, I think blueberry is another one. I, I can look it up and put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but like, if you could just buy organic with those foods, for example, as a way to kind of combat that or lessen the amount of glyphosate you're taking in to your body, is that something that you would recommend or what other tools and, and tricks would you suggest people try? Yeah, one, 100%. I mean, I totally understand that we live in an upside down world <laughs> and that organic food is more expensive, which is really unfortunate. Um, for people because I, I feel that we all have the right to eating organic and you know what what we're all normally supposed to eat you know before we tainted the earth and have poisoned the soils and for the benefit of what you know mm-hmm. these big corporations and companies so yeah I would say that's a great start um, I would say yeah, I mean, because the GMOs, you know, are, or if you're not, or <laughs> gosh, okay, let me just scratch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was not. We'll, okay. we'll edit okay. this. Yeah. Like, okay, wait, where am I going? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that is a good highly recommend to yeah to be aware of the dirty dozen you know that's super important and then a great way to is to shop locally to shop at your farmers markets to support local and oftentimes you know maybe your farmers are not actually certified organic Mm -hmm. but they may have organic practices because they can't always get that certification because it costs them a lot of money Mm, okay. So, that's good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's worth a conversation with your local farmers. Hey, I don't see a certified organic label, but what are your farming practices? Do you use pesticides? Do you use glyphosate? <laughs> it's a good word to know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's so many other chemical, that's just one big one, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, but there's so many others. And if anyone, I would love to just give a shout out to this human, Zach, Dr. Zach Bush. Have you heard of him? No, tell me. He has been doing big, big work and he's all about the soil, having healthy soil, healthy water, healthy air. You know, those are the three things that we really need to have um, so that we can live in harmony and be healthy and vital and really thrive here and so he's doing a lot of work in that realm and if you just look him up zach bush he has some great talks on just bringing more light to this subject and trying to create real change Mm -hmm. in the world um, on this topic so yeah i was just listening to i started a three-hour conversation with with him that he put out for earth day last month and it's it's heavy stuff when you really start to be aware of what is going on in our agriculture and right now it is so vital to be 
to be able to vote with our dollar to choose these regenerative, sustainable practices, because if we don't act now, like it might be too late to, you know, where our entire farming is going to be taken over by GMOs and these pesticides and herbicides, and we're no longer going to have access to real organic natural foods which is kind of not to like scare anyone or anything you know like it's just awareness is is key to being able to to choose differently and to support your farmers and people that are doing the work to to get back to nature and to regenerate our soil yeah that's why it's so important to have conversations with people like you because this is this is how we spread awareness. This is how you can't make a decision. You can't choose better if you don't know better. Right. So the first step is awareness and education, and then you can make an educated choice for yourself based on what your priorities are. And often I think we don't realize that what we put in our mouth, how we live our lives, you know, like our habits and behaviors, our sleep, wake cycle, our hydration habits, they affect the quality of our life on a day-to-day basis. What is your mood like? How do you feel? How do you approach an argument or a, a tough conversation that feels challenging or scary? It's it's all related and it's going to be easier or harder depending on how you treat yourself. And that has everything to do with what you put in your mouth and how you take care of yourself. It really does. Um, so I appreciate you being here and, and talking with me. I've learned so much already. And I want to be mindful of your time, but I do want to touch, I think last question, last topic. I want to touch on your um, passion around community and the importance of helping each other achieve their goals, their dreams. Um, And you also, I know are a big proponent of um, bringing awareness to the, to word of mouth and social sharing. And I mean, we just talked about distribution a little bit, but is there anything else What else would you say on that topic that really gets you lit lit up? Yeah, well, I'm finding that community is everything, especially during these weird, wacky times that we're living in. Like we are, we are wired for connection, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's been hard to witness so many people being isolated and not having those bonds with their loved ones and coming together and gathering and all these things that are so vital to who we are as human beings. And so I just feel grateful for having a beautiful conscious community here in in Portland that has, yeah, that is lifting each other up, that is highlighting each other's gifts and offerings and allowing everyone to share their voice, share their truth. And, and together, you know, we, as a tribe, you know, we can support one another through this time. And so just this year with everything going on has just showed me how important that is. And so I know that not everyone has that and most people don't or are in so much fear right now of each other, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but we, we are the medicine. We are the medicine and our hearts the power of our hearts and love and connection to each other and connection to source is, is truly healing. And for that, I'm grateful. And I, yeah, if it weren't for my friends that are here supporting me and also on this mission with me, you know, I would be really lost. 
um, I would be stuck. I wouldn't feel like I knew what to do. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the communities that I have in all of these endeavors that I've talked about or with the Kangen water and the superfood. So all of this stuff that I am sharing with everyone today, I have strong communities within each of those passions. Mm. And so we're all in it together. We're all helping each other get this mission out into the world. And, uh, and that's kind of this social sharing economy that I wanted to touch on, which I like to call connection marketing mm. is because we are all always connecting with each other, sharing what we like, sharing what we'd recommend. Like, Hey, I went and I saw this movie. I'm going to recommend that to you. Or, Oh, I love this thing. Like, I think this would really benefit you. You know, you, something that works for you, you naturally want to share with the world, right? Like that's what we naturally want to do. We're doing it all the time. And so, yeah, I would love to share more about this movement that I am a part of the one I was telling you about the superfoods with, you know, removing glyphosate and the ionic elements that is all under this, this superfood, all organic manufacturer known as Purium. And they are all about regenerating the earth and sustainability and empowerment. And they have created a completely self-reliant healing system that is founded in naturopathic like healing modalities and the founder of this movement has studied this and he's been a pioneer of the organic movement it has been around for over 27 years and i am so grateful to be sharing this mission with other people and so we are all about helping people to reclaim their health and their vitality through tapping into these superfood plant allies that are giving us life. And it's all about a social sharing economy. So if anyone feels called to stepping into this mission, if they feel called to tapping into this self-reliant healing system and healing their own body, and then feel like they want to share it with others, we have something that can allow them to empower the, empower their, themselves economically and financially as well. So, so especially during this time, people are looking to create financial abundance. They're looking to improve their health and people want to enrich their lives. And it hasn't been clear. It's been so clear that during this time that these are the things that are really important to us is to be healthy and to be, to have stability through finance, through your own financial system. And this is an opportunity that allows people to, to come together, support one another and share our mission of healing and self-empowerment. And so, yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people don't know exists, or maybe they've had a bad experience with something like this, but it's here for us and it allows us to be able to create the life that we truly want to live by living out our passions, by helping people heal. And we get to do this and work from home and every life that you impact also impacts you in a positive way. And so it's this idea of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. When you give, you also receive 
in a mutual exchange. So yeah, if that <laughs> was kind of a lot, but <laughs> that's yeah, no, no. I think it's such an interesting model and it's something that I know about just through co- companies like doTERRA is a very similar approach. Um, I think we're such a, we've become so, um, what's the word? Uh, um, oh, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Conditioned? Skepti- yeah. Well, I was thinking more like skeptical of things like this because of, you know, you hear about pyramid schemes and you hear about some, some of these companies have a reputation for being a little cultish, I think. So, um, so yeah, I think immediately when we hear stuff like that, you know, if you're aware of like, um, Amway, remember Amway back in the day? Yeah. (laughs) Because of the, the nature of what happened with that. And it, it can be a bit of like, oh gosh, I don't know about that, but it's interesting to hear it from your perspective, you know, about this holistic approach to creating health in your body, to creating a sustainable income for yourself um, and to share that with everyone around you. So I guess where I'm going with that is just being open to exploring the possibility that this might be something that could be helpful for you too. I mean, obviously Brooke, you're doing it and it's, um, it's working for you and it's taking you further down your, your health journey and your healing journey and creating a positive impact in your community and the people around you. So I think it's worth checking it out before just being like, "Mm, I don't know, you know, (laughs) if that is helpful at all. I just, um, I just want to like call out the, the flip side or kind of like the, the shadow side of what I think we often think of when we hear things like it's called connection marketing. So if you hear the term network marketing, that's yeah. more commonly used, but I like to, I'm on a mission to redefine it because there are, because there is so much um, trauma with it or just bad experiences or people that really didn't do it the right way that like push people away, you know, and that's totally valid. And so, uh, yeah, we want to do this in a more authentic way, heart centered way, you know, we're really here to create impact in people's lives and, and it's not about the recruiting or whatever, you know, that's, that's what a pyramid scheme is really all about is recruiting and not actually having an exchange of a product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, to provide clarity with this type of distribution model, essentially all it is, is, is taking out the marketing and advertising And instead of paying for that, you're paying the people that are working directly with the product that have direct experience with the product and are able to go and share their experiences with the world. And so they get to be empowered because now they get rewarded for, for sharing the good news, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, so yeah, thank you for enlightening us, for enlightening me. Um, it, it, yeah, I think that's helpful. And I, I just, I think, I think it's unfortunate that like oftentimes one thing happens with one particular thing that might be related, like a pyramid scheme might seem like it's related to um, network marketing. And then we just shut it way down without exploring, exploring it further. And we maybe miss out on all of these cool life-changing benefits. So even if you're not like interested in 
um, being somebody who distributes it, but just want to consume the product, you might right. just not even be open to it in that case. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything, any like last words, final words of wisdom? Anything else you want to share? <laughs> um, I would just like to say like, yeah, I mean, go out and take care of your body and have fun. Go love on the people in your life that bring you joy because we are meant to fully experience this life in, in joy, in play, in passion. And yeah, we get to create our own realities and, you know, you can choose to create this as Don Miguel Ruiz. I just finished reading the four agreements, super amazing book highly recommend to everyone that we can either create a living hell here on earth or we can create heaven on earth and so i'm choosing to create a heaven on earth and i hope to inspire others that that they too can create a beautiful place to exist and to share with their fellow brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. yeah Thank you so much, Brooke. I'm so happy to know you. Um, I'm happy to know that you're still in Portland. It's been a while since I've actually seen you in person. Yeah. So um, when the world starts to, it does feel like it's rebirthing, but um, hopefully we'll see each other in person one day soon. But I just want to thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast, for sharing your wisdom, grace, and um, for doing the work that you do and just showing up. Thank you. And thank you too. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, or even requests for future podcast topics, please feel free to reach out to me on the social media handles, Facebook at Tessa Marie Tovar, Instagram, Yogi underscore Katniss, um, email address tessa.tovar that's t-o-v as in victor a-r at icloud.com i love to hear from my students and i'm always happy to talk about this kind of thing for you if you don't listen i don't do this and my goal is to spread the word about what yoga means on and off the mat in particular spreading the word outside of the studio Thanks for tuning in and have a lovely day. Bye.